0: Youth Voice. I
1: love it. Speak up for change. Youth Voice. Youth Voice. Speak up for change. I could say it all day. Youth Voice. Speak up for change. Speak up for change. Youth Voice. I love it. It's great. I could say it all day.
2: Welcome to the Youth Voice Speak Up for Change podcast. This is episode four on floating support and move on in St. Basil's. My name's Abby, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm chair of the Youth Advisory Board, and I'm joined with Kerry. Hi, my name's Kerry and I'm the team lead for Warcher Floating Support. My pronouns are she, her. Thank you. So before we go on to the main podcast, we always have a random question. So I'm going to ask you the Youth Advisory Board Classic. If you were a potato, what potato would you be and why?
1: I'd be a sweet potato. And I'd be a sweet potato because it's colourful inside. The skin's hard on the outside, but it's nice and soft inside. So I'd be a sweet potato. Thank you. So to start off with, can you please talk a bit about your role? So my role is I manage a floating support contract for the North and South Warwickshire. Um, we I have a team of eight staff of progression coaches that go out into the community to young people aged sixteen to twenty-five who are threatened with homelessness um, or living in temporary accommodation, or their relationships are broken down with their parents. Or their guardians, um, and they need to find somewhere else to live, or they've got a pending eviction, um, or other young people that are living in their own tenancies but struggling to maintain that tenancy due to the cost of living, or any kind of rent arrears, or any debts that they may have that are affecting their tenancy.
2: Thank you for that. So the reason we're doing this podcast is it was brought up in one of the youth advisory board meetings that a lot of people don't know what to expect from floating support don't know what support is available. So we thought that this podcast could clear up any questions that people have um, and to get to know what support is available for them when they move out of projects. So firstly, what's the difference between a progression coach in accommodation and a progression coach in floating support?
1: So the difference is the progression coaches in accommodation work with the young people that are just mainly in accommodation. And the progression coaches that are out on floating support go out into the community. So they can go out and meet young people out in libraries, CAFs in supermarket CAFs, any kind of community centres, libraries. They can go out to the temporary accommodation at the staying-in, the b at the staying-in, or go out to the houses at the staying-in with um, sofa-surfing. So there's more flexibility where they can meet the young people.
2: Thank you. So what is the process of floating support? So the main
1: process I think that's most important for floating support is Other professionals, seeing that those young people need that support and getting that referral in. Once the referral comes in, um, the young person completes a telephone assessment. We can go out into the community to do that assessment face-to-face and then they will be allocated a progression coach who will go out and sign them up into support and complete an action plan to see what action plans can be put in place and support plans um, to give that blanket of support really for the young person.
2: So the next question is how can floating support help a young person and what can you help with so once
1: the referral comes in and we go out and sign them up into support and we put the action plan in place it's about finding what support that young person wants help with so it might be they need some budgeting support they may need employability uh, finding out any courses that can go on um, upskilling them putting them on any training finding out what debt they've got, if there's any substance misuse, if they need any referrals to Compass or CGL, if they need any mental health support so we can reach out to the community to mental health support services in the local community. Um, they may just be setting up their own tenancy, may need rent help, well, support with Rent in Advance, uh, grants for white goods, so they can sustain and maintain their own independency by living independently, confidently on their own. They can have up to two years of support unless they turn 25 beforehand, and then we refer on to another support agency that will help them moving forward with support once they turn 25. So once a young person is successful in getting their own tenancy, it can be quite daunting setting up all of the utilities. Um, So we go in and facilitate that and help them to make the contacts to like the gas and electric, uh, set up utilities on the low budget plans, set up water onto the Big Difference scheme, um, go in and help sort out their universal credit. We work quite closely with the job centres um, and the employability coaches at the job centres to try and help maintain the engagement with the young person so
2: sanctions are not put in place so their tenancy doesn't come under threat. So what advice would you give to young people who are going on to move on? The best
1: advice I would give is to engage with all services that are offering that support. Um, Sometimes it's nice to have a little bit of help, even if it's hard to accept that help. It just helps in the long term to get you set up so you can have that, sustain that family life um, and become really independent. It's nice to have somebody that can do those phone calls for you and get things set up so you have that confidence moving forward to continue to do that yourself. And it's also nice to have somebody at the end of the phone that you can call to ask for that help and that help is received and given. Sometimes it's not about having a bunch of people telling you what to do. Sometimes it's about having that one person that cares and will actually come in and help you get settled and not want nothing back in return. So it's just about relying on that one person that's offering that support to you. Sometimes support doesn't have to come from a family member and it doesn't have to come from a friend. Sometimes professionals really do their job because they have a passion to help. So it's about finding that rapport and getting that relationship with that one professional that will come in and help you.
2: So what advice would you give to young people and staff about building up a good relationship? As you were my support worker and we had a really good relationship, so what advice would you give to others? I think it's about listening to what the young person wants help with not telling them what you feel
1: that they need to change about themselves or what they need to work on it's about building that trust that whatever the young person tells you you share their story with them and you walk through life with them um, so you get them that support that they need Um, it's about fighting their corner with other professionals so they get that support put in place and just showing them that you're not going to give up You are going to be there at the end of a phone call and you will put that support in place as and when they need it and when they're
2: ready to engage in it. So as I've already said, we did build up a good relationship and you helped me a lot. So how do you you help others?
1: It's about being consistent within your support, telling them the support that's available, telling them the support that you're going to give them and following through on that. Not giving them reason to doubt the support that you have offered. It's about being there for them when they need you. It's about not giving up at that first hurdle. So if they stop engaging or they don't want that support, but you as a professional know that they need that support, it's about still fighting that young person's corner and not giving up and still trying to reach out to them until they're ready to engage. Because if they came through to a service or they've been referred from a professional, they actually do need that support. So it's your job to not give up on them, to. Try and build that rapport and if you keep trying, that young person will then see that you actually care and that you haven't given up at the first time they've swore at you or told you to go away or told you that they didn't need support or they've hung up on you. And if you keep trying to reach out to a young person and they're not answering those text messages or not answering their phones, it's not about thinking that, okay, they don't care, they don't need that support. They may have lost their phone, or it might not just be a good time that you're calling. It doesn't mean that they're avoiding. Sometimes support doesn't have to be structured. It can be fun. You can get down to the young person's level. They're a person, and you're a person. They may be a young person in support, and you may be a progression coach in a professional role, but both of you are still a person at the end of the day. And sometimes it's about stripping that back and just being real, on visits and in support and having fun.
2: Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. You've definitely helped answer a lot of questions, so hopefully that will help a lot of young people understand floats and support better. So the last random question is: Would you rather your head be the size of a tennis ball or your head the size of a watermelon?
1: Oh my days! What kind of question is that? Okay, well I wouldn't want to be a tennis ball because you definitely wouldn't fit my mouth on a tennis ball, so I'd have to say watermelon. I'd have to have quite a smaller mouth and that's just not going to happen for me so defo
2: bring it on watermelon and bigger mouth let's go. So we're now going to be interviewing another young person who's recently moved into their own tenancy.
0: Uh, Hi my name is Joseph I am 21 years old I use they them pronouns and I'm in Sully Hill.
2: Thank you so the first question I'm going to ask is how did you feel moving from a project into your own tenancy?
0: it was it was definitely daunting like I've never lived I've never lived independently so it was something that was a very daunting process but it was exciting as well like I feel very privileged to say that I as a 21 year old have my own flat that I can live in and I can live independently with support but I'm able to to live independently and that's for me is a big achievement especially for someone my age
2: it definitely is amazing thank you for that um so what advice would you give to young people soon to move into their own tenancy
0: the biggest piece of advice I think I'd give to people when moving into their own place is that when you first go to view the property what you're potentially going to be moving into to just be aware that it might look a bit bad but it's what you make of it like I can say that when I first saw my flat, I was a little bit like I was prepared for it to be not the best but when I saw it I was a little bit shocked but looking around me now I can just see how much it's come on in just two months and it's it's just really about what you make it so I think my biggest piece of advice is don't be downtrodden by a place that might not look great to begin with because it's not the house it's the home that you make it
2: yeah I definitely agree with you it is about what you make your place so moving on to like looking at the tenancy when you're signing up what things would you say to young people that they need to look for when signing a tenancy
0: I think the most important thing that people should look at when they're signing a tenancy is what their tenant rights are like are they allowed to decorate the property are they allowed to put pictures up Because there are many things that you could seem completely fine, but in reality, you're actually against your tenancy agreement and could get you into trouble. And the last thing you want when you've just moved into a brand new home, which is really exciting, is to find yourselves in trouble with your housing provider because you've done something that you thought was okay, but technically you've signed to say, I agree not to do this.
2: So since moving into your own tenancy, how have you found the support from the floating support team of St Basil's?
0: I've really found the support from uh, floating support from St Basil's really good. I think it's not quite the right word, but delegation has been really good in terms of uh, my floating support worker has recommended me to a bunch of different charities like uh, Social Supermarket, a charity to more help me out with more home-based things as opposed to the housing side of things which is what I've had a lot of support from St Basil's on so it's been really good to sort of spread my wings a little bit um obviously as of moving out of St Basil's obviously moving away from them and moving to other organizations that can help me more in the long term.
2: Thank you so like would you recommend people having the floating support when they move out of a project? I
0: personally really like Having the flowing support because I had very little idea of what I was doing. So it was very nice to have. And it's been nice to have that person that I can talk to if I need it. But I think if people have the confidence to do it on their own, then that's brilliant, you know. But in my opinion, it's always good to have that person to fall back on, in a sense, if you need it. Like you never know what will happen. Like my oven views blew the other day and I didn't know what to do. So if it hadn't been for my floating support worker, I probably wouldn't have known what to do. So it's those little things of like, they're there when you need them.
2: Definitely. I would also definitely recommend having floating support. Um, So, yeah, as you said, it's a person to fall back on if you need them. Yeah, if you have any questions, they're there. Um, So the final question is a random question. That's nothing to do with this, which we've already asked Kerry earlier, but would you rather your head be the size of a tennis ball or your head the size of a watermelon?
0: <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. I think I think I would say the size of a watermelon, just because Or well, the first thing that immediately comes to mind is that seems more normal sized as opposed to a little teeny tiny tennis ball on top of a little tiny neck. But um yeah i think a watermelon would be better because you can there's more i don't know there's there's more you can do with a watermelon i'm i'm thinking way too much into this but
2: thank you thank you so much for answering all the questions thank you to both kerry and joseph for being involved in this podcast and a special thank you to grand union for letting us use their buffy to record this podcast in a safe and welcoming space And thank you to everyone for listening. The next podcast will be an interview with our CEO, Jean Templeton, all about St Basil's. Youth Voice, speak up for change. Youth Voice. I love it. Speak up for change. Youth Voice. Youth Voice. Speak up for change. I
1: could say it all day. Youth Voice. Speak up
2: for change. Speak up for change. Youth Voice.
1: I love it. It's great. I could say it all day. So when a young person is successful in getting their own property, Stop <laughs> oh <God, laughs> looking at on. So once a young Right I'm Shut up the period. So when a young person is successful in getting
2: <laughs> I moo off. So you'll both start mooing at the same time and it's whoever can <clears throat> move for the longest wins.
0: I'm game carrier you. Ready? Let's do this. Countess in Abbey.
2: Three. Two, one, three. Mm. I'm <laughs> gone. Can we see winner?
0: Yeah. Chicken come, dinner. Come Again, because I started laughing and went too hard. I would. Right. No, please.
2: Mamma mia, mamma mia. <laughs>